As you know, we still have high hopes to win the league championship next week. Don't worry. Daddy says that he'll be ready. Let's face facts. Your father stinks. <laughs> I say we should dump the old dog. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a whoop No Man presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. And it's just a bit outside. Yes, guys, my name is Al. I got a ice pack on my back, a heat pack on my neck, and a six pack down my throat. <laughs> I'm Jamie, and it was worth getting dressed up like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Radical, dude. <laughs> Never pay full price for late pizza. And I'm Dan, 200 pounds of hairless, mindless, aging monkey meat. <laughs> <laughs> We're reviewing the unnatural. I'm somebody's wife shaped like a backpack. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one too. See what I did? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> this is season five, episode four, original air date October fourteenth, nineteen ninety. So Al's Mister October. Hmm. Get it? Any yep. baseball fans? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> director Jerry Cohen, writers Catherine Green, Ron Levitt. Al's pride is on the line when his softball team threatens to bench him right before the league championship. This is a very subtle but big episode. Like I said on the last show, it might be one that we don't have much to talk about, but you know, after rewatch and the notes I have, I feel like this will be a regular show like anything else. I think there's a lot to say about this episode. Yeah, really. So the title is a reference to the natural while the final scene is a spoof of the movie eight men out. That's what it is. Cause I was completely lost. Never seen the movie. Okay. Yep. And both are 1980s films about the early era of major league baseball. So, uh, this marks the final appearance of the new market maulers and any sort of reference to the Bundy family playing softball together. Now, the, the other reference that you guys got was when, uh, in the episode I love, How Do You Spell Revenge, when Kelly was going to get a tattoo of the guy, the boy Brian's name on her, mm-hmm. and they just got back from playing softball. And it's funny because that whole episode was based around how bad Peg is at softball mm. and how Bud was going to actually injure her, uh, like make <laughs> her trip down the stairs or whatever so that they could get her off the team because she, I guess, didn't want to leave. I forgot the actual premise there, but um, and Al wanted Kelly on the team mm. and she she was just more into her new boyfriend and whatever. And in that one, Al has his new, mar- new market mauler shirt had the N for new backwards. And in this episode, it was not there. But the shirts are different altogether, the baseball uniforms. Right. In the original, it was like the rainbow for New Market and straight on the bottom it said Maulers. And now it's sort of all together mm-hmm. and more modern looking. Like it, before, it looked completely 
<laughs> like 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. The whole family is on the team this time, so Kelly eventually did join the team. I guess permanently. I can't believe we lost again. Oh. Well, it's not your fault, honey. You played great. You played great too, Mom. And you played a good game too. Gee, if we all played such a good game, I wonder why we lost. <laughs> <laughs> What are you looking at? I know I made a few errors. For instance, one, two, and three. I just have a couple of nagging injuries, that's all. I'll be fine for next week's game. Trust me. I'm still in my prime. Spasm, help me! So, this kicks off with this dark humor right away where Al has a back spasm and everybody runs to his aid. And you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Everybody really does care. <laughs> Swipe his wallet. <laughs> that was classic. I loved it. Uh, and she disperses it to everyone, like, equally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got their cut for helping out. Like, it was like a team effort to distract him. <laughs> and it worked. Yep. It went off without a hitch. Absolutely. But it was embarrassing the way you missed everything out there today. It was like you were in the bathroom. <laughs> hey, I told you, it's all injury-related. Believe me, when I heal, I'll be batting 400 again. In both cases. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else. It wasn't me who cost us that game. It was those stupid calls by that stupid umpire. I really believe it was personal, Pig. You stink. It was so much fun calling you out. I know it was little compared to the big out God called on you. But still, it was worth dressing up like a ninja turtle. It's funny that that, sh- that this happened on, on the day that I watched this yesterday because... I just got this weird desire to... I was going through my podcast list on my Apple iPod app or iTunes app. Like, it's a, I, it's a podcast app, though. For some reason, I played the Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze Part 2 commentary of the podcast I had of them. Nice. Is that the weirdest thing? I heard it all day driving back and forth from work, and then I put this on, and she said that. Wow. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. And I haven't played that podcast in like six to eight months. I remember when I went to see that in the theater, I was the only one there who was not either little bitty kid or with a little bitty kid. I was 15. <laughs> was this the second one? No, the first one. Oh, the first one, yeah. First movie I ever saw in a movie theater. I remember I couldn't even see the movie the first time I went to the theater. It was me and my friend Danny Burns. My mom drove us there to New Park Cinemas, a theater by my house. And we went there, and the line went around the block. Wow. I remember it was sort of like either dusk or nighttime, so like it was around 6, 7 o'clock at night. And yeah, the line was still around the block just to see that movie. That It was a phenomenon. Yeah. Like, in all the scenes out of any movie, like, ever made, for me, the one scene that always just sticks in my mind is like one of the most badass things I've ever seen 
is when April gets mugged and drops a sigh right at the corner, and he just sticks his hand out and drags it, and then he just comes out like a bat out of hell. Like, I will never forget that. Like, that was like my childhood right in that moment. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a top 20 movie for me, absolutely. Right? Yeah, Look, I was there with like my, get it back. Uh, my Burger King Ninja Turtles flip watch. Wow. <laughs> Wish I still had that thing, by <gasps> oh the way. Oh my God. I think I had that, too. Didn't remember that until you just said that, Jamie. Wow. I wish I still had it. After that movie came out, I went to see a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater. I don't remember which one. It was after. But anyway, um, when the New Line logo comes up, there was a kid in the audience. And the kid goes, Ninja Turtles! And I was like, (laughs) oh, no, kid, no. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I associate New Line Cinema more with Ninja Turtles than I do with Freddy. I'm glad you're happy, Rooster Bait. <laughs> if they're all chickens, they grow up to be two totally different things? Well, just like we do. We're all babies, and we grow up to be men or women, you know? Yeah, but roosters and hens seem very different from each other. Well, you know, it's the cock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Which, by the way, is short for cockerel, if anyone out there doesn't know. <laughs> yep, yeah, sure. Marcy is, um... Actually, she, he should be calling her a hen. Well, I mean, a hen is still a chicken. Well, when we <laughs> eat chicken for like a chicken sandwich, are we eating roosters or hens? You're eating hens. Well, what do we do with roosters? Uh, they make more chicks. <laughs> they usually <laughs> they usually keep the roosters to procreate with the hens and then make baby chicks. And the ones that you eat, you'll actually see, like, on the package, if you pick up a chicken from the store, it'll be, like, frying hen or whatever, whatever they call it. But it actually says... Yeah, corn-fed hen or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it actually says hen on the package, so... The circle of life. You really stunk today, Al. <laughs> you know, Al is so typical of a man when he gets his age. In his head, he thinks he's still young. But look at him. 200 pounds of hairless... Mindless aging monkey meat. And you know, that's just the part oozing between the buttons. Oh, it's too bad some men don't know how to give up their sports gracefully instead of lingering on like big babies. Yeah, doggone it, if we could only be comfortable with our age like you darn gals. You know, I mean, in the morning you go in the bathroom, a little blush, a little mascara, and voila. You got an old woman scared of rain. (laughs) Then you try to clean and jerk your breasts into a bra. (laughs) Ease some exercise pants over that front and back belly. And then (laughs) get out of the market and flirt with the bag boy. (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is it's just pretty pathetic when we guys try to cling to our youth. Yeah, that was great. They, like, those are the alisms that are always amazing, you know? Like, that's what really makes up his character, not just the one-liners. It's usually, I bet you, you ask most people what they love most about Al Bundy, it's it's usually the fat women shoe store jokes, <laughs> and it's those, like, things of his philosophies on the couch. It's he, They love the jabs back at Peg and stuff like that, but I'm going to say most people probably like speeches of his. And, and I what really... Favorite things he said ever. I thought that his speech was really good, but it wasn't even my favorite speech of the episode. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 
I'll tell you something about women you may not know. We always get even. So, let's just take a look at who's umpiring next week's championship game. (gasps) Well, geez louise, it's me. (laughs) It's a good thing for you. I'm big enough not to hold a grudge. (laughs) Uh, Marcy says that she's not being biased, but what do you guys think? Do you think it's possible that Marcy could call the game straight? Uh, no pun intended. Um, uh, uh, but I'm- <laughs> clearly not, because at the end of the episode, there is a point, there is a time when she calls a strike, and that is not a strike. Right, the second I one, even, the second pitch. Yeah, I even yep. rewound it, yep. and I was like, that is not a strike. That was a missed call. Of course, from where she's standing, oh. you know, she'd be lucky to be able to exactly. call, call it properly anyway. But Thank you, Jamie. Thank but you. I was like, that's not a strike. And then at the end of the episode, I went rewinding it. And Brian's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm double checking this. And, so <laughs> and I was like, that is not a strike. <laughs> yeah, if she had made that call during a game of mine, we would have had some issues. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, still- of course it looked like a strike to her. She's right. standing six feet off to the left. You can't. I mean, <laughs> everything looked like a strike from over there. That that was a total actor move. Like, we don't want her getting in the oh. face, you know. That's all it is. Let me tell you, I have been shotgunned in the face as a catcher <laughs> in a softball game, Sorry. and that hurts. That really? hurts a lot. Yeah, I'm... I was playing for my church league when I was 16, and I got hit in the face, and I cussed. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Because <laughs> I was playing on a church <laughs> You're like, oh. But that hurt. It hit me square in the jaw. Aw. Where was Jesus on that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's why I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> well, we got the ice pack on his back, heat pack on his neck, and a six pack down his throat. <laughs> so the rest of the team comes over to tell Peg and the kids that they want to dump Al from the team before the big championship game. <sighs> Mrs. Bundy, Bundy children. Is your husband here? No, I'm cooking feet for dinner. (laughs) Of course he's home. You want me to go call him? No, no, we've got something we want to talk over with you. As you know, we still have high hopes to win the league championship next week. Don't worry, Daddy says that he'll be ready. Let's face facts, your father stinks. (laughs) I say we should dump the old dog. Dump him? You can't. You'll recognize a lot of these guys. Norris... You've seen many times. Barney, Steve Suskind, and where do you recognize him from? Harold, right? Yeah. Harold, of course. The guy who was arguing with his wife in the Harold. beginning of the Barney. movie. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. And that's part. Didn't the doctor say you had to lose weight? That's, that's part <laughs> three, right? Yeah, Jamie's yeah. favorite. Yeah. Ride Shelton was, I think, the main guy of the team who, who was uh, doing most of the talking. He's known for First and Ten, St. Elsewhere, Remington Steel, and... <laughs> Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're funny, man. He's, he's in the Golden Girls. Oh, really? Thank you for being a friend. He was in Webster. <laughs> Cheers. One guy named Hardy. I, it's hard to really identify. I think we know most of the people. So this must just be another guy in the house when they were th- dumping Al. He's from this episode and Route 666 Part 2. Oh. I feel like a lot of people came back for that 
episode. There's, there must be a lot of people on that one. Mm. This guy was also in Unhappily Ever After. He did four episodes for them. And as everybody knows, when Mike Lemoy and Ron Levitt split up, Ron went and did Unhappily Ever After, which is a show very similar to Married Children with that insanely hot girl, Nikki Cox. <clears throat> I love that show. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Big fan. Wow. Yep. Well, this guy went to, he did a crossover. I guess he was good friends with Ron. I wonder, how long do you think Al was bad at softball? Um, how did they get to the championship game if he was that bad? And how did they get to the championship game if they lost the last one before that? It depends on the league, first of all, and how it's set up. Like, it is possible to lose lose a game right before if you have a good record. But in terms of um, how long did he suck, like, it kind of is implied that he didn't until that game, which I think is why it's completely unfair for them to uh, for them to boot him off or try to boot him off. And yeah, doesn't he give a like list off yes. examples of? But, things that he did or and failures by the rest of them right exactly and th- exactly and and that was the thing and and that's why it doesn't make any sense is because i think they probably did it because of like timing because the championship game was coming up and and they just made that quick decision and they'll do whatever they can do to win the championship but i don't think that was warranted at all because like you said yeah he brought up all their faults or whatever the only thing the only reasoning that i could give as to why they did that though is because it was so close to the championship game yeah but that's like michael jordan being mvp for five years in a row listing it all off he does great all year gets him to the playoffs sucked on the last game and pippen and rodman say you know what we don't want jordan to play the championship game because he didn't do good on the last game Right, exactly. And, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, you just like, dated yourself like crazy yeah, you with did. those references. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. That's Kobe? What I meant. Oh wait, that's also ten years ago. I'm sorry. I meant to say, I meant to say, Larry Bird <laughs> and Kevin McHale. He, he, they did not. And Robert Parrish, they would have had a whole conspiracy. I'm telling you. I meant Spud Webb. <laughs> well, now you're going forward. <laughs> Spud Webb. Oh, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah, Will Chamberlain and uh, Dr. Julius Irving, definitely. <laughs> how, how far back can we go here? So, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm under the impression that Al was great in all the years he mentioned, but this season he wasn't very good, and it all culminated in the last game, and now... It's like, look, he's getting older. He's not like he used to be back when we had the other episode, How Do You Spell Revenge? So it's like, maybe he just lost his mojo for baseball mm-hmm. or softball. Al keeps saying baseball, and it's actually softball. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to explain that, I'm sure. But I, Al- I, you know, I caught that too, but my assumption was that because they were doing a play on the natural and then eight men out at the end, that they were making all the... And then he did the... Like he made a reference to Babe Ruth. I assume that that was why he kept calling it baseball because, first of all, it saw it, it only makes sense that they'd be playing on a softball league, mm-hmm. but but they also right. they wanted to tribute baseball. So I think it was on purpose. Like I actually saw online where that was con- considered a goof, 
that's not something that they would goof, you know, right. <laughs> like if they, if, right. you know, if he did that numerous times, someone there knows the difference between baseball and softball. I'm sure it was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 They wanted the more baseball vibe, even though they're yeah. playing yeah. the lower end of the two. I, I have an amazing softball story real quick. It won't take long. And my sister's going to kill me. Uh. Um, so when I was a kid, my dad was in a softball league. And he used to bring us to the games sometimes when my mom was working nights. So it was these warm summer nights. Um, I just remember the dark skies, the the big lighting that lights up the field and the sound of the bats and everything. I had to be like eight to ten years old. Mm-hmm. I, or maybe, yeah, eight probably. And my sister was like 12. Mm-hmm. And if she's listening, she's going, oh, God. <laughs> Far back where I guess um, I guess the the where you would hit a home run is was a playground, and I guess that was for kids that they could uh, play while their parents are playing baseball. I guess. Mm-hmm. So the craziest thing happened. My sister was on top of a, a slide that's like fifteen foot high and goes down like any other slide. I don't know if it was my dad or maybe someone else, but somebody bombed a home run and it hit her right in the chest no at the top of the slide and she collapsed and slid down the whole thing like knocked out oh man did it still count (laughs) (laughs) no they called it for interference (laughs) oh my god just a bit outside (laughs) Yeah, it, it was, a, you know, those things are big and coming from that far away, it had to have some power. But yeah, she was okay. I mean, nothing came of it. Right. She had, she has asthma. I don't know if it's related, though. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to love you after listening to this episode, bro. <laughs> love you, Jen. Sorry, I had to tell that story during this episode. How about if we just move him to first base and not throw to him? <laughs> What the Say Doug kid is trying to say is that you can't take softball away from Daddy. I mean, why don't you just lock him out of his own bathroom while you're at it? That's it. Leave the man with nothing, why don't you? Oh, now, now, easy, dear. They can't get rid of your dad. The championship game is next week, and they cannot play with one man short. As luck would have it, we happened on a replacement. We'd like you to meet Sven. Oh, Sven! He bats 380, he's got a cannon for an arm, and he runs like children from your husband. Now, all those in favor of dumping Bundy, raise your hand. Gee, how'd that get up there? Mom, you're not really going to vote Dad out, are you? (laughs) Honey, it's for the championship. It has nothing to do with playing with Sven. (laughs) His tensed buttocks in his tight uniform. (laughs) The autumn sun glinting on his glistening, heaving pecs. (gasps) Come on, everybody. Let's welcome Sven to the team. (laughs) Oof. Nice game, baby. What do you say, young Bundys? We need your votes. 
According to team rules, the vote has to be unanimous. It can be unanimous or out loud. <laughs> I don't care. You're still not getting my vote. It's just like I wrote in my fourth grade essay. Daddy good, sleepy now. <laughs> We don't care about winning. You know, that man loves the game, and we love that man. Besides, if we voted against him, he'd kick the living crap out of us. I was, well, and, and until like 30 seconds later, I was, I was really, really happy. I mean, Bud actually said we love him. Right. Yeah. Besides, you know, besides, he'll kick the crap out of us if we vote against him. But he did say the words, we love that man. So that made me so happy. Now, Sven is already in this room. Uh, he's set to be Al's replacement. Jamie, what did you think of Sven? Just as soon as he walked in, I was like, well, that's a Fabio wannabe. I had to, yeah, yeah. I had to do a double take and make sure right. it wasn't like a young Fabio. You know, it wasn't. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like men that muscular and I mean, you know what? And that's, I don't, I don't mean to see if <sighs> there's so much more to men than that stuff anyway. And I don't even. You know, well, thank whatever. God. What do you think of man boobs? But um... <laughs> <laughs> I must be way more into like the '80s kind of thing, like than you guys or whatever, because I love these people that come on this show. These guys who are supposed to be hot guys, I love all of them because they are hilarious. <laughs> They're just big meatheads, yeah. Right, and it is classic. <laughs> right. Like, and Sven is right up there with the greats. I mean. Just the way he's standing, the way he keeps chewing this gum continuously through the whole entire scene, it's it's amazing. Like, he just keeps chewing it and moving, like, and, like, gripping the bat like he's cool and everything, and all of Pe- and he And it's very odd because Peg says things to him, and all he'll do is, like, sort of turn back at her and, like, you know, nod his head and not really say anything. And it's like, does this guy talk? I'm sure she doesn't care if he does or not. Right. Yeah, well, even at the time Marcy and Peg got a stripper um, in the house who looked just like Sven, Marcy says, we don't pay you to talk. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So, you know, she wouldn't care if he talked. So, but I just love the way he keeps chewing this gum and his whole, like, aura. It's so, like, 80s and stuff. You know, it is 90, but he's still, obviously, he didn't move on yet. For sure. Team! Hey! Hey, Sorry, guys, about that little slip-up this afternoon, but uh, don't worry about me. I'll be there for you next week. Who's the guy with the backpack shaped like my wife? Your replacement. Oh, good. That way I can concentrate more on baseball. Watch that morning kiss, buddy. (laughs) So Al thought that Sven was replacing Al's home life. And he said, watch out with that morning kiss, buddy. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, well, now he can focus more on baseball. (laughs) (laughs) He he probably hoped for it, actually. Do you think Al would really be okay with that? No. No. It's obviously great television. It's an amazing line. The, the, the way, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because there are jokes like that a lot where you're like, 
you try and see exactly where they're coming from because you're right. Like I think that he wouldn't be cool with that. But to me, even though he was kind of talking to the room, that was just directed at Peg because she was hanging on him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that yeah, was – Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what it was. Right. That's how I perceived it. Yeah. Yep. No, no, Al, we meant your replacement on the team. Uh, how can we put this gently? Uh, we think you stink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stink do I? Let me paint a picture for you. May 6, 1982. New Market Mahler's 0 and 10. But then, out of the shoe fields came a fresh-faced kid with fire in his eyes and thunder in his back. Enter the bandiera. Let's remember some great moments from the man whose jockstrap none of you are fit to carry. Or get within 100 yards of... Remember with me, if you will, June 9th, 1983. Game on the line. The opposing team drills one into left field where you, Norris, were standing frozen. Bundy sprints to the fence and spears it. Mahler's win. And Bundy, MVP. Let us remember now Bundy on the base pass. A little dribbler hit by you, Nesson. Bundy, needing the score to win the game, lowered his head into the toughest catcher in the game and took out Mrs. Shephouse. <laughs> Separating her shoulder and ending her career. <laughs> Mahler's win and Bundy once again. MVP. <laughs> you still want to bench me? Yeah, you stink. <laughs> Did you guys expect them to say, yeah, you stink? Or did you think they were going to go, yeah, maybe you're right? Um, I knew that they were going to bench him because sitcoms. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it. this is Al we're talking about, so but of course it's going to go that way. But that actually sets up what happens later, and it, it, got, the, oh, yeah. it, it got the wheels turning in my head to where um, – and this is why, like, I'm I, I'm trying to be kind of quiet, but uh, spoiler alert, everyone, I love this episode. But I didn't know which way they were going to go with it because obviously, you know, like, Al has this triumphant moment right now when he's having this speech. Like... Right, and the whole the audience is reacting. It's like a big deal, and and, and especially because this, like, you never know wh- where each episode is going to go. Whether they're just going to completely trash Al, and he'll get a couple good digs in or whatever. But like, they were killing him in the beginning. Marcy, anyways, was, and even though I don't think her jokes were like they were more obnoxious and like he just looked oh, m- yeah. more annoyed than anything. I didn't know if this was going to be like the um the the slow <laughs> degradation of Al throughout this episode where he wanted to relive his glory days or whatever. So when he had that that speech, first of all, I love that speech. It was it was so great how he cited all those examples and how he just went through everything. Absolutely perfect. Really funny. But I love just how like assertive he gets where he's just so confident and he's just like, nah, like I'm Al Bundy. Like don't forget it. And that's where the audience comes in obviously right. and backs him up. So everybody's rooting for Al except for everybody on the show. <laughs> you right. know? As an actor Ed O'Neill did such amazing delivery that it drew you in so much that for a second when he says, so am I still getting benched or whatever? 
for a split second, although it's a sitcom, part of me believed they would actually take in what he said and have to ponder this. But of course, being a hilarious show, they just go, yeah, you stink. Cause, and what it means is it's basically a what have you done for me lately kind of world. Right. You know, you could do all this amazing stuff, but what have you done for me lately? Nothing. Goodbye. Now, do you think that if it played out that way, it was basically just setting up his failure at the end? Like they would have gone that way with it where it's like he was so confident in himself that they were like, you know what? Like, OK, like we can we can have you. Uh, all right. We'll give you a second chance. And then he just fails. Right. At the end. Like that's where yeah, it's it's great writing. Like we get to see Al fail and lose before the episode's over. And that way we finally have it goes from a, a peak to a valley to a, a major peak. Yep. And it's it's very different from all the other episodes. It's great for that reason. Al's finally justified. He's finally starting to get some of his dues mm-hmm. that he's been owed for four over four years. Yep. Now into the fifth. Yep. But don't you youngsters want to win the first championship in Mahler's history? Well, not if it's going to hurt my daddy. Well, what about free lunches at my restaurant? Can we see a menu first? (laughs) Wait a minute. Kids, before we vote, may I share a little rhyme I learned when I was both your ages? D is for the many pies I made you. A is for the apple in my eye. D is for the dish you ate the pie in. D is for the apple of my eye. Why? Because I love you. Put them all together. They spell daddy. Because there is no D. What pie? Wait. Because it's D is for the many pies. Wouldn't it be P is for the many pies I made you? What does D stand for? Nothing. Except for dumb many pies I made you. <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah, I was because I, I wondered that too. Like, where's the D in that? But I mean, you know, and where are the pies anyway? Where? When did he make pies for them? What is that? <laughs> Never. About? Right? Yeah. Because it's not even a take on the original song, which is the mother's song. M yeah. is for the many things you gave me. O is for the, I think it's O is for the one I truly love to be or something like that. T is for the tears you shed to save me. H is for the. The hell you put me through? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's about my mom. <laughs> I was getting specific. Oh, man. Oh, man, I don't remember. I actually sang it to my mom once and when I was little. And she was like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's great. Do you take out the garbage? <laughs> Why? Because I love you. <laughs> so after Al does the daddy song, the next thing you see is that Al's on the bench, benched, and Sven's playing. Now, if Al was smart, he would have went with the kids in their decision, but they made that decision because the guy offered him free lunches. Yeah, place. but they wanted to see a menu first. Yeah, but that, they they don't care. You know them. Like, they eat Tang sandwiches. Like they Yeah, they don't really care what's on the menu. So this is the second time the kids sold them out for a meal because <laughs> they did that on How Do I Love Thee. Remember when they let Steve and Marcy know that they stole their mail and took their names that ended up on that game show for, <laughs> yep. for food? Yep. It all comes back around. <laughs> Peg is a catcher. 
Uh, not in the bedroom. I mean, you know, in, in the game, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's weird to see her as a catcher. I always I found that funny. Did, did, now, did you guys ever play softball or baseball as a kid? Yeah, I just told you a story about getting hit in the jaw. <laughs> well, how long did you play for, Jamie? Like, what, what age was that again? I was 16 then. I played for a okay. couple seasons. Couple se- how about you, Alex? Uh, I played softball for one season. Yeah, I was a catcher for a long time, and you really have to work on your arm strength and getting up really quick. Oh, like, that's nothing. It's how do you your knees must be destroyed squatting like that for all the whole night? Right, yeah. right. Oh, it was brutal. So like, dude, I, that's the worst position. And then they moved me to pitcher, which I was just like, oh my god, like wow, I'm pitching right now. And I was extremely accurate, but I had nothing behind it. Like I had no arm whatsoever. And that's the only reason they kept me in as a pitcher. I was wicked accurate, but then um, one night I just got lit up, like lit up by a really good team. And I feel like Al in this episode, <laughs> like that's all it took. That's all it took, and my coach was just like, yeah. They ripped you, dude. Oh, dude, it was really bad. Yeah, it's like they were at the batting cages. I got a couple. No, I got. <laughs> no, I remember one time too. I played third base and I made an ill play one time. Like it was, it was a line drive at third base. I think I told the story in the skeleton crew. Line drive down at third base, down the foul line, and I dove and caught it and won the game with it. So wow, yeah, man, I miss playing. I know, that's what I'm saying. But my last story, though, is the best. So one time... All right, so Sven is... (laughs) Oh, wait, we're still talking to you? Okay, go ahead. I got so many baseballs. (laughs) So, okay, no. Like, one of the main things that we did throughout high school, um, all my friends and I would get together and have these these softball games on the weekend. And um, the cops would never mess with us, and we'd have full kegs out there. Like, literally, (laughs) we'd have a keg. Right at the first base. Uh, you should have called it Beer League. It's basically what it was. Yeah, if you like softball, check out Artie Lang's Beer League. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Who's Hugh Downs? He's a host, host of concentration. Never mind, just blow me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. What was your story? You had kegs, cops didn't bother you. One of the stories I had, so we played softball, and I was in um, right field. But we're, everybody's drinking, right? So I remember um, there was this really shallow ball hit um, in the outfield, and I ran with my beer, dove, caught it, and saved my beer. And like a boss, I just sipped it right after because I had to rub Wait, it Did in. you sip it while you were still laying on the ground? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's badass. It was by far like my um, – the most athletic thing I've ever done. Wow. That I believe. Well, the <laughs> beer brings out just something inside of an athlete that you just can't really explain. Now, there's a song playing during uh, this championship game. It's called Born Under a Bad Sign by Albert King. And I liked it. I think it really um, yeah. It went well with what was going on. I love that this show uses the blues as much as it does older songs, but like it just fits the tone, particularly of Al. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And this song just, I think nailed it. I also love when they do montages to songs like this. This was, this was a very, that was a very good scene for me. It made me very happy. 
Can I say too that this episode, when I was watching it, so you got the um the two sets, right? You got obviously the home, and then you got the 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 ball field. Actually, three because it's a different ball field, right? That he's and that, that looked good too. Yeah. It, oh, it looked really good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They did one shot that went. But we'll get there. But uh, it was that continuous shot all throughout the bases. Um, that was pretty cool. But no. Um, I thought though that this episode flew by. I was like, wait, it's over? Like, for some reason, the way it flowed, everything was just, like, so perfect, and it was just going along, and all the jokes were happening, that it was over before I knew it. It was crazy. Yeah. It's one of those strange episodes that really don't fit anything else that's really come before. Even though, you know, even those bowling episodes just didn't come off the way this one did. Right. Right. It's almost like an odd episode, but at the same time... It had to be made. So how many commercials do they have? Don't they have two, right? Two commercial yeah. breaks. Okay. So the, from the first to the second one, though, see, that was the that this is what threw me off. The first part was Al just uh, getting home. Everybody was ragging on him, obviously. Marcy comes in, all that kind of stuff. But then when they come back from break, they're still in the house, and that's when the team comes in. And then they set up that final act when they come back from the third time. And it's 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 like – it's so it has such a big part to do with the episode but it's so short but like that doesn't mean that the other parts felt wrong or rushed i just feel like the story that they told throughout this whole episode they covered a lot of stuff they hit a lot of beats oh yeah they got right to the point yeah yeah they 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 cut right to the chase (laughs) yeah they trimmed the fat they went right for it here no b story nothing like that and it was just Perfect. It had to be made because it's part of Al Bundy's lore. His whole... It's part of everything that makes up everything we love about him. Right. And without this, there definitely would be that aspect of his character overall development lacking. So this had to be here. Can I be honest with you, though? Before... Okay, obviously before we we started doing this show, I kind of thought of Al Bundy like that. Like he always came up a loser. Cause like, you're right. Like because of how much he gets beat down on every episode, I just figured that they were just constantly setting him up for failure and he never could catch a break. And the comedy was in that. But like to add that dimension of him coming through. Yeah. You need that to make the other stuff still work. And, and you know what too? I think that even with a show like married with children, Uh, And how stupid it is and just like how off the wall it is sometimes. It kind of emotionally grounds it in a way. Oh, yeah. You know, like and I love that stuff. You know, like they don't need to do that. They could have sacrificed that for the joke um, easily. But well, we're going to talk about something they did at the end that really does exactly what you're saying. They didn't go for any jokes. It's very different than anything we've ever seen (laughs) because they cut an aspect out of the show that we – Right. have had in it the whole entire time. So that's going to be cool to talk about. Okay. Bases are loaded and we've only got one out. Bud, you're up. Wish me luck, Dad. <laughs> Is that good enough luck for you? Track. Tough luck. 
Way to let the team down. <laughs> He's out! What do we do now? Marcy calls Bud out. Because Bud pops the ball up, a guy catches it. She says he's out. While she does this, when Marcy punched Sven out, number one, you don't have to do what she did. <laughs> two, she did that, like, oops, and, like, snicker face and laughing over it, like, instantly. And it hurts that team. And Al's on the team, so he'd still not win. Even though he's benched, he would still get a championship if they won. Right. So she is preventing that if this was on purpose. Right. Before we get into that, though, in the original script, there's some changes from the original script to to what we see on TV. So, Dan, what what was in the original script as far as okay. Sven? So it goes like this. Bud hits a pop-up. The catcher catches it. Marcy moonwalks towards Sven, who is staring to the plate. Marcy, you're out. She makes an exaggerated out gesture with her thumb, which hits Sven in the eye, thus blinding him. Sven hits the deck. Marcy, he's blind. Right. Now, that's the proper gesture anyway. When you say someone's out, you do it with your thumb. So do you guys think Marcy deliberately knocked out Sven? Um, no. No. I don't think so, um, just because, um, like, they kind of played up the exaggerated movements from the beginning, from the beginning of the episode. Okay, right, right. When, she, when she's in the house. When she's practicing, yeah. Yeah, so I think that was all kind of a setup for that, and I don't think she, that she meant to. But you're right, where if she did really try and knock him out, like, first of all, that's a bold move. Like, right, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, what made her think that she would actually have the strength to knock out a guy like Sven? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't. Right. You're, I couldn't either. Right. So, you're right. It's like, if it was deliberate, she would have never even a- attempted it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it was on accident. But, like, yeah, th- that line of thinking, though, if you do go down that road, like, what did she want to – is the line of thinking that she wanted to take out Sven just so the team wouldn't win at all? Or did she want like, – I, maybe I'm totally overthinking this, but maybe she wanted that to happen so Al could step up to the plate and she thought he was going to fail? I don't know. Yeah, I, No, she could have never thought that far into it. She would never realize that. I mean, I guess she could, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For some married with children, words of wisdom. Press button A for Eastern philosophy. Press B for last night's basketball score. Press C if you like your own personalized videotape of you pressing C. You have pressed A. Heavy Eastern philosophy. You know, strange may seem they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Nicknames, pet not, names. Not as funny as my name, Sebastian Dinwiddie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Funnier than that? Oh, absolutely, yes. Now, on the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You know the fellas' names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean, the fellas' name on first base. Who? 
The fellow playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. Mm. After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. If I mentioned a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? Stay off of first, will you? Well, what do you want me to do? Now, what's the guy's name on third base? Well, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Well, I can't change their names. Will you please stay on third base, Mr. Broadhurst. Now, what is it you want to know? What is the fella's name on third base? What is the fella's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third, third base. base. You have to have someone to bat for him with only one player left. <laughs> Excuse me. Mrs. Bundy? Oh, yeah. This will be real easy. <laughs> Honey, hey, would you go up there and bat? The guys would really like it a lot. Really? <laughs> Gee, does everyone want me? I mean, even my family? I mean, I'm old and I stink. <laughs> What's it going to take to get you to go hit? <laughs> D is for the many pies you made. A is for the apple in his eye. D is for the dish they made the pie in. D is for the apple in his eye. Why? Because we love you. Put them all together, they spell. Make me feel it. Daddy. Hat. Thunder Rod. <laughs> Batting for Sven Hunkstrom, Al Bundy. You know he's going to strike out. <laughs> so I love when Al walks over to Sven and. <laughs> Kicks him to roll over out of the way. <laughs> he kicks his hat, too. Get out of here. Yeah, he takes the bat and knocks his hat away. <laughs> that was, like, the best. Like, what a disregard for a human being. And I love how nobody even cares that Sven is, like, literally like, passed out, knocked down on the floor. Right. <laughs> right. Do you think it's because they don't know him that well? <laughs> Probably, or maybe they just don't care because they're worried about the game. 
what's funny is I didn't even notice that until Al walked over there and he was still laying on the ground and he <laughs> kind of kicked him over to the side and I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I hadn't even noticed that he wasn't anywhere around. No one was over there helping him. And I was like, damn, he is still knocked out. <laughs> right. And no one cared. Which, I mean, they might be, they might should be concerned because if you're knocked out for that long, you might be dead. I mean, <laughs> typically if someone punches someone out, it's like, I mean, on TV, they always knock them out forever. But in real right. life, it's seconds. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, like, I, I'd be concerned about that guy. He might actually be dead. <laughs> Alex, did anybody come to your sister's aid after she slid down the slide? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they all ran over. Right. Poor Sven. What happens in the next few minutes is basically an obvious homage to Babe Ruth the baseball player. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you a bio of the guy, but I'll I'll get into other stuff. You know, if you care about Babe Ruth that much, just look him up. (laughs) Al gets the first two strikes. Now, Al doesn't care and gets them deliberately. It's to play head games with everybody who screwed him over, you know, however long earlier by throwing him off the team and to really get that sickening feeling in their stomachs and feeling like, wow, he's doing this to us to pay us back for that. Now, at this point, though, Dan, being someone who hasn't really seen this one before, what did you think? Did you think that Al was just going to let all three go? Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I never thought that's where it was going because when 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 he does that, that Babe Ruth thing, that Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout, when he does that thing, that's just showing his cockiness. So basically, when he gets the two, well, like Jamie said, really, it's only one strike. But technically, when he gets the two strikes on him, to me, that was just um, basically showing how cocky he really was. And he's like, and he's like, I can still hit this with two strikes against me. I actually never thought that he was gonna throw it until until later on. Um, where I don't even know if that that's an actual thing, but we'll get. Yeah, to Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think he has to. Yeah. Yeah, you have to run him. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Babe Ruth, when he did this thing in 1932. So, Babe Ruth. Uh, here's how it goes. It was the fifth inning of Game Three in 1932 World Series held on October 1st, 1932, at Wrigley Field in Chicago, Chicago. During the at-bat, Ruth made a pointing gesture, which existing film confirms, but the exact meaning of his gesture remains ambiguous. Uh, So Babe Ruth got the first two strikes as well Mm -hmm. when this happened. Purposefully or? No. Okay. Although neither fully confirmed or refuted, the story goes that Babe Ruth pointed to the center field bleachers during the at-bat It was allegedly a declaration that he would hit a home run to this part of the park. On the next pitch, Ruth hit a home run to center field. The home run was the 15th and last in his 41 postseason games. Wow. It was said to be one of the greatest home runs in history. Yep. There's a whole thing that Babe Ruth really did not call that shot. The catcher of that game says, no, that's not what he was doing at all. He was getting heckled really bad, and that was proven too. Like, those fans were throwing stuff, cursing them out, this and that, because they were the Yankees, you know, and they were, I guess, in Chicago. So, um, 
Ruth apparently before that made a gesture and he was pointing to the crowd saying, yeah, I'll, uh, whatever, you'll see or whatever. And then when he does this pointing supposedly for this home run, he points with two fingers, which people are saying he was just saying only two strikes. That's all. Okay. I'm still here. Because his arm went forward, but supposedly he was, it was pr- like people say, no, he was just pointing to blah, blah, blah. They don't think he really called that shot. And it's it's truly debated. And when they even make statues of him doing this, right. he has the two fingers out. I'm watching it right now. Dude, it is so blur. It's like watching Bigfoot footage. Yeah, like you can't tell from this. Wait, is this really the footage that everybody's going off of? Because it's impossible to tell. Right. Oh, God, you can't see anything. Yeah, his arm just extends, but everybody says he has two fingers out, and they even make statues with the two. So, who knows? It's a great part of baseball history, either way. And I just want to make quick note, too. The last time the whole Babe Ruth pointing thing was ever really referenced majorly in pop culture was a really major moment in movie history in the movie major league uh that came out april 7th 1989 tom barringer's character jake taylor points out as if he's going to hit a home run when they're going against the yanks um and they have to score to beat the yankees otherwise they're going to go into extra innings and uh tom barringer points out he hits a bunt but uh willie mays hayes steals the home run uh plate to score and beat the Yankees. So like I said, that was April 7th, 1989. And over a year later, the Mario Children comes out with this on October 14th, 1990. So they could have gotten the idea from this movie to have Al do that type of thing. Hits a home run, and the team wins the championship. Yay! Yes. Oh, real quick though, one thing I forgot to bring up: when they announced that, when the announcer makes me announce the announcement that Al's gonna step in, and he's walking up to the plate, and like everybody's cheering, mm-hmm. I fully expected there to be a joke about that being the other team, like the fans for the other team cheering oh, because yeah, he was yeah. coming oh. into the game. <laughs> right? I think that was a, that would have been a totally <laughs> yeah. that would have been hilarious. But yeah, that is good missed opportunity there. <laughs> the announcer, his name is Ray Templin, and he was on Matlock, Back to the Future, the cartoon, <laughs> Salvage One. He wasn't in too many things. That's about it. Besides uh, Meru Children, so you know, I guess he's the guy who hands Marcy the microphone later. Oh, can I can I just say something about that real quick too? What what was with um Marcy's demeanor? Yeah. Right? Like she yes. like she was almost out of character. Like you could see somebody random 
doing that, like, oh, right. like, enamored by what Al just did. As, as if Al's a legend she was a, doing. She was looking at him like she was not only impressed, but, like, he, like you just said, he's a legend, and she was in awe of him. Exactly. That's so funny you say that. Crazy. I was like, what is with her look? That's crazy. Yep. I love that because I always picked up on that all the time. And when we were just talking about it, I could see her doing it. Yep. She was she was like as if she was like a, a minion of his or something, you know? Like, right, right. It was just so weird. Well, and if it would have been anybody else, it would have made sense. But her, that's his nemesis. So Right. Like, and it's, it, it obviously makes sense to set up all the other jokes, but that was completely out of character. Or maybe she really was impressed. Maybe, because think about it. The other direction she could have been given was like, all right, go over there rolling your eyes and go, here's the microphone. Totally. Just give it to him, and then you act like you're annoyed by it. Yep. And you're just doing it because you work here today. Right. But I think it was more like, let Al have his moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let's treat him like he is a great man tonight. You know we're never going to hear the end of this one. Gee, how can you tell? The way he's making fire engine noises as he rounds the bases? <laughs> well, look closely, kids. Something you may never see again. Behold, a shoe salesman in triumph. <laughs> So, like, and I've always loved baseball. I've always felt that way about baseball. So, like, that's why I love this episode so much. And when he, I'm going to tell you guys this and don't tell anyone else. All right. Just keep this between the three of us. Oh, it'll never get out. Yeah. (laughs) I cried. Wow. First of all, I know that doesn't surprise you. (laughs) Not at all. Because you know me. But uh, (laughs) second of all, seriously, when, uh, like, from the moment he made the call, to the moment he hit the ball, when he's rounding the bases, I cried. Like I was, yeah. I was well in. Yeah. And when it gets to the moment, like where he's and he refuses to cross the base yet, yep. you know, he doesn't. I'm freaking out. I'm right. like, because I expected something to happen. Right. You know, right. I was like, right. something is going to happen to keep him from getting that home run. Like something's going to happen. Right. Would you cross the base already? Like it right. was driving me nuts. Right. But yeah, I was, I was in it. I just, but I was so proud of him. Jamie, I'll be honest with you. I didn't cry, but I got goosebumps and I've never yeah. gotten goosebumps from married with children ever, ever. I was so proud of him. That was, was a great so proud. moment. I was so yep. proud. Yeah. And that carried on through the, Carried on through the final scene, too. I was just... Well, we're going to talk about that, yeah, because I... Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you guys about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Al's going around the bases, apparently making choo-choo train sounds, which I didn't <laughs> like that line. Yeah. I felt it took away from... Uh... Well, and it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, I'm trying to think... I was trying to think of why a choo-choo train... Like he's going chugga 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 choo Like, can you imagine? Well, I like, it, but I mean... No, no, I, no, yeah, I know no, that. we got it. Is there no, I know that, that part, but I just felt like saying it out loud. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, imagine this, though. Like, we're watching a great moment. It's like Al finally triumphs, and where we're supposed to picture, chuka 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 choo choo Like, come on. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. But, like... That was a misstep right there. In that moment, though, you're right. Like, I noticed it, and I was like, that was a bad joke, but I just didn't care. 
you know, because because at that point, you you know that something's going to happen when he rounds the bases. Like they weren't just going to end the episode right there. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, so you knew something was coming. So that joke, like it didn't bother me because I knew right. it was gonna go somewhere, you know. Yeah, it didn't majorly bother me. But now that we're talking about it, I will say it was definitely it definitely should have been left out. Mm hmm. Um, so Al does not cross the plate right away. You definitely have to touch every base to make it an official anything. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't do it. He asks for the microphone. Marcy does her demeanor coming over with the mic in awe of Al. And Al gives the luckiest man speech. Do you guys know who did that originally? It's like, I, I, I consider myself so, so. <laughs> the luckiest man, man, man. Is it Lou Gehrig? Probably. Yeah, Lou Gehrig. Okay. Bam! Oh, wow. You didn't know that. You just knew it because something. (laughs) Because (laughs) I just knew it because. (laughs) You just knew it because you're smart. Because of Google. No way you knew that. I did not Google. Did you hear me Googling over here? (laughs) I heard Alex Googling. Shut up. (laughs) Nobody needs your input. It was that guy that had Lou Gehrig's disease. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what an amazing, amazing joke. The guy who had Lou Gehrig's disease. First baseman Lou Gehrig hung up an amazing mark by playing in 2,130 consecutive games. Then a fatal disease attacked baseball's Iron Man. In Yankee Stadium, touched to tears by the tribute, Gary made his last public appearance. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad rag. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. When you look around, wouldn't you consider it privilege to associate yourself with such a fine looking man as a standing in uniform in this ballpark today. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. I got a chuckle too when he when he did the echo thing. I'm like, oh like I it was a chuckle, but it was a teary chuckle. Like I just right. I cannot describe how proud I was. I was so proud. Well, before we get to that, I'm going to read you, before I play his speech, I'm going to read you the real one. So, in the draft, they say, cross the plate, Bundy, and then Al goes, in due time, and here's his speech. I think we've learned something about teamwork today. I don't need you. I don't need anyone. (laughs) For it is not I... But you, who stink, and as punishment befitting you non-believers, I quit. M. V. P. Hits the plate, and I'm sure they all still cheer for him. Yes. So, you heard that. Here's what they ended up really doing. Cross the plate, Bungie! Cross the plate! In due time. (laughs) Microphone, please. Before I cross home plate and bring home the first ever championship to the Maulers, I would just like to say that 
Today, 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 today. I consider you, you, the luckiest team on the face of the earth, earth, earth. And in closing, I'd like to say, I hate you all. I thank no one but myself. As of today, I, Al Bundy, am finished with baseball. M V P. So wow, that is great. I hate you all. <laughs> I thank no one but myself. Like that, that is that is better, right? So good. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Yeah, that's much better. Absolutely. And they deserve it. It totally. That's what I was gonna say too. Like, you know how like a lot of times you feel you feel bad for Al. So when he has his triumphant moments, it's like, yeah, good for you. But this time he really stuck it to him, and you're just like, yeah, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it was great <laughs> to just shove it in their faces, and he's he's done and all that stuff. So that's great. Uh, Al saying he's done with baseball. He throws up his hat. It lands on Kelly, if you look, because I'm always the kind of person who looks where hats land when people throw them <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of my thing. I do that on, on weekends. Boy, you must have been <laughs> exhausted on graduation day. <laughs> uh... I, was like, I was like, wait, 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 no, wait, not yet, not yet. This other guy's hat didn't land yet. Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I had to run all around. It was amazing. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. of baseball being played now there's a lot of things to say about this one the joke of the cremators uh the jersey says we burn your loved ones that's nice <laughs> on the back <laughs> this scene is really unique because there's no laugh track yep. or audience applause yeah for the entire final scene with the cremators versus bra world and it gives that like final frame a like a whole different tone you know like so and and plus they're really kind of building this up as if there's this um mystique right behind al and stuff like that hey kid how you doing all right all right <laughs> boy that center field is gonna get burned playing that shallow Yeah! <laughs> 
is that guy? I think it's him. Who's him? Al Bundy. You ever see him play? I only heard about him. The kid watching Al play baseball, who's talking to the old codger with the mustache, <laughs> is Ian Zeering, obviously Steve Sanders on Beverly Hills 90210. Which had premiered 10 days before this episode aired. Oh, what? Yep. Oh, wow. 10 days. Wow. Don and Nellie will like this episode. It's his boy from Sharknado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, these were two of the biggest shows on Fox mm. during the 90s. So it was a great crossover. Was it, yeah, was the and Simpsons they had no three? idea at the time that 90210 was going to be as big right. as it was. Right. No, nothing. Well, it's funny you say that, Dan, because on the next episode we're reviewing, we have a Simpsons crossover. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. We got some big stuff coming up. Well, uh, so back to the scene, though. So first off, okay, so I – you ever know that you're you're not getting the reference, but they're clearly referencing something? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's Except the feeling. Except I usually that... get it, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't get... <laughs> oh, no, we get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we got it. Yeah, no, we all can't be uh, Jamie. But um, I so it totally went over my head. First time this has ever happened ever in the history of watching anything. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, I don't get it. Now, the laugh track definitely threw me off. But not only that, it gave the episode – I gave the scene like a very – eerie feeling and to add to that eerie feeling was and and this i I don't know if you guys caught this or or you if you got not caught it but if you guys got the vibe from this but when um when peg well i guess when uh when Gemma is like giving her line that's how it felt it was the first time that 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 I really got vibes from her that like just the way she was talking, it was very nonchalant. That seemed more like that character than it did Peg. Cause she wasn't she wasn't like, uh, like she wasn't like that. She was just very serious. She was like giving statements, no laugh track whatsoever. I was, was so like, different. Wow, that is so cool. To think that all those years later, she would create a character that would be so similar like that. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know too many other roles that she's done other than those the the two big ones, these ones. But it felt a lot, uh, a lot more like Gemma Teller than it did Peg Bundy. I saw him play. (laughs) He was the best. Ran, threw, sold shoes. He was the best. Is that him? Nah, that's not him. He said he'd had enough of the game. (laughs) It was almost like, what is Peg really like when you're hanging out with her compared to like her being on? Because Peg's always on. Right. I often say, I, I don't even know what's ever going on in Peg's head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she if she's in on the joke, if she is just really like this. She has to know this is wrong. She has to know this. You know, like, she is an enigma. Like, honestly. Peg Bundy is the most 
a character with more mystique than any other comedy character in television history. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really know what she's ever thinking. You don't know if she's just on autopilot. You don't know if she thinks this stuff through. You don't know if she's really this stupid or just doesn't care. You, you like, there's so many different facets to like the things she does, her views, her approaches, her actions that you really don't know what's going on. Right. So yeah. to have to remove the laugh track. Right. It adds so much more to it because it's like normally when she'd say a line like, "Is that him?" And then she's like, no, that's not him. It, if it was normal Peg with a laugh track, it would be her trying to make it so he don't get credit for something. You know, instead of like bragging or whatever, she she says, nah, that's not him. That way he he doesn't get the recognition. Same old thing. She screws right. him over in life, you know. But at this moment, because there's no laugh track and it's such a different ambiance with the, the sound of the outdoors and all that and the way right. she's acting and the whole tone, you could tell – that she's doing that for Al. Right. Al doesn't want to be noticed. Right. And and even the way um, they shot Ed O'Neill when he was even chewing his gum, I didn't get like a comical Al Bundy thing. I, it, it just had a totally different feel all around. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, it really blindsided me, this, this scene. Because first of all, I just didn't expect it. It felt weird. I didn't know what they were referencing, obviously. But I didn't know, too, with that, with that in mind, like I didn't know how much – they were referencing within that scene. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that right. if if it was just Peg's dialogue, I felt like it was. I still haven't seen. I still don't know what it's referencing, so it might have been. But I didn't know if it was just her dialogue, the overall message of the scene. Like you just said, she didn't want him to be seen or whatever. Up, up, up! Never fear, Dan. I am here. I am the master researcher. Here is the clip they are referencing directly at that end scene. It's from the movie Eight Men Out from 1988. So here it is. It's going to be weird for a lot of people to hear this, but this is that scene they are directly referencing. Oh, playing kind of shallow and center, isn't he? He's new. Damn if that doesn't look like him. Look like who? Nah, couldn't be. He's going to get burned playing in so close. Get back there. Who is that guy? It is. It's him. What's his name, the new guy? He don't look so new to me. Well, it says his name's Brown. The name is easy to change. It's him. Who's him? It's Joe Jackson. <laughs> what? Get out of here. <laughs> Who's Joe Jackson? Look at how he's hitting us. He's killing us out there. Uh, double, two home runs. These bushers make peanuts less. Jackson made a fortune on those games. It's him. You ever see him play? Yeah, I saw pictures. Pictures? I saw him play. Yeah? What do you think? He was the best. Run, hit, throw. He was the best. So what do you think? Is that him? No. Those fouls are all gone now. So, Dan, now you heard that, the scene they're referencing. So how do you feel about 
how it was portrayed on Married with Children, the tone, the lack of uh, the live audience laugh track, the way Peg delivers her lines. It just overall, it just had this eerie feeling. And, um, and I honestly feel like because I didn't know the reference, it felt off from from the rest of the episode it just it just didn't oh yeah it didn't fit at all even e- and i st- like i said i still haven't seen it to this day but even still knowing the reference i still don't think it fits like is it different so it's refreshing to see or is it off and it's like this doesn't make sense to what we know and love i'll tell you what uh, but the honest answer i went huh like that was like that was but but now that I think about it, yeah, it's cool to see, but like I don't know if I could deal with that like another time. Like you see what I'm saying? Like maybe like a one and done like that. Like this. Yeah, I think I think it is a one and done. Okay. Well, yeah. Then I I think it added to it um in a way, but at the same time it. it it didn't. I know I'm not making any sense, but yeah, my initial thought is it didn't add anything. But now that we're talking about it, yeah, I guess it adds like that that other dimension, um, especially to actually both of the characters. But then again, since they go against that basically through all the episodes, especially after this or even before, whatever, it's not indicative of how they act normally. I don't think that it adds any anything or any different point of view to look at uh, look at these two characters does that make sense it's it's kind of weird because at first i was thrown off right um just because of the tone and i wasn't expecting that and this is an episode that i don't recall seeing when Mm. during original air um so i didn't know what to expect at all yeah i was totally caught off guard i thought at first it was um I actually, I didn't know. I went, my brain was all over the place. I was like, is this an actual softball game? Which kind of, it turns out that it was. Or I was like, is this, this is supposed to be in the future because we see a a timestamp. Yeah, 1991 in in Kankakee. 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 Yeah. Um, Yeah, especially there are no mountains around Kankakee. And so it. (laughs) It's in Illinois, but it's 50 miles south of downtown Chicago. It's on the prairie. Right, and there's no mountains within hundreds of miles. Yeah, <laughs> but it just the whole tone when the guy when I and well, then I was like, oh, Ian Ziering. Right. You know? And so then um, he comes over, he's talking to him, and you're watching him play, and he's playing really well. I was still kind of swelled with pride. Right. And, and then the tone, honestly, it helped that. Like it sort of um, yes, okay. It, cem- it cemented my pride in him. And then when Peg starts talking and she says the things about him that she says, I was just, I was like, wow. I mean, it, it just, it got me. It like, it really did. And the absence of the laugh track and the audience, I think was perfect for that moment because I felt like what we needed in that moment was, right. um, uh, reverence. Right. And we and that's what it got. That's what we got was this pure reverence. And it's so out of character for the show. But I really felt like it worked here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I really do. And that last p- scene, the freeze frame. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you guys that. And it's B- Babe Ruth did that ex- yeah. almost exact pose. Yeah. 
It's a classic picture. And speaking of Babe Ruth again, it reminds me of that scene in the Sandlot when he's like, "Heroes get get remembered, legends never die," and and it had that feel to it um, too. Uh, I just thought that. Oh, I mean, I know we're we're about to get into our ratings here, but um, I still think that regardless of how you feel about that scene, and actually now that you say that, I I I agree with you, Jamie. I do feel like it gives it that tone, but I I feel like also that you could you could leave that scene in, or you could take it out, and it has no effect on the episode overall. Like it's it's a stellar episode, whether you feel like that end scene feels off if it adds to it or, or if, if it, it works right. It's still still a good episode. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Well, I understand how you feel. It's jarring to you. It is. It was very certainly never expected it. I did. I don't know what I felt the first time I saw it, you know. So, yeah, I, I understand. And yep. Jamie was all choked up and so proud. So she came from something. And she's also with Ian Zeering, you know. Right. It's a mixture of emotions. And then Peg, you don't know if she's joking or not. You know, he said he, he said he was done with the game and all this other stuff. And, oh, yeah, I never I never seen him. I only heard about him. Like, they're building all this mystique up. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see it from a different perspective some side notes uh now al claimed he's done playing baseball after winning that championship but down the road the no ma'am guys they get a baseball team together and they play teams across america yeah when when major league baseball went on strike Mm -hmm. they in an episode called a man for no seasons because when they went on strike they decided to play baseball instead you know Mm-hmm. So he was not exactly done uh, playing baseball. Right. Now, the softball game being played at the end of the scene is an actual game played by the show's production crew. And the woman walking backwards to the catcher spot is Stacy Lip. <laughs> you remember her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lip and toppings or something? <laughs> Lip, and, Lip and, toppings. Yes, I do. Something like that. That was like <laughs> one episode or two episodes ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the, the third baseman is Ron Levitt, the co-creator and writer. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Uh, and we just forgot uh, to really talk about um, Sven. His name is uh, Dan Blom. And he's known for Where the Day Takes You, CBS School Break Special, <laughs> The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Oh. With uh, uh, Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. And tape heads in 1988. Wow, stellar career. He he played Thor in Mind Ripper in 1995. Oh wow. He was in the show Dream On in HBO. Dream On. He he was in Lady Killers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and the guy who was talking to Steve Sanders from now on two and zero, who's listed as Old Codger, he is known for. Princess Diaries, The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, well. Princess Diaries 2 and Hop. <laughs> so he, so it sounds like he had a prominent role in the Princess Diaries saga. Yeah, he must have been a key player in that. He has 81 <laughs> acting credits. I'll make sure to look out for him next time I watch those movies. <laughs> yeah, sure you will. <laughs> it's on my annual rotation. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. 
To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, Dan, how many MVP awards are you handing out for this episode, The Unnatural? Okay, so from the beginning of the episode, I thought that the jokes were... We're pretty good. I didn't love Marcy's thing in the beginning. I, I, I was like, all right. I was kind of iffy on it. But because of the reason that um, that Jamie said, the feel of, of pride for Al Bundy when he did what he did, and you never really fully get to see that, um, you know, Al in all his glory, I think that Without a doubt, like by the end of this episode, even with the couple flaws that you could find in it, um, the couple of Marcy jokes, uh, the joke about him doing the choo-choo train yeah, around right. the bases, and the end scene, which, like I said, could be debatable and 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 shouldn't factor into the rating. I would wait. What are we doing again? Uh, how many MVP awards are you handing out? Uh, without a doubt, I would give this episode five MVP, MVP awards. Without a doubt. I loved, loved this episode. It was fantastic. Jamie, how about you? Well, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone that I will also be handing out five MVP yes. awards. Honestly, I would give it more if I could. Right? Uh, this this episode goes home with the pennant. It's uh, <laughs> It's heading to the World Series of of married with children episodes honestly this wow. is one of my favorite episodes my new favorite episodes of all time i love it yes and um i i just i mean because we know how i feel about al you know how i feel right. about when the family is you know it, they come together and we kind of got that in the beginning and then they abandoned him but until they got food offered <laughs> but yeah. he got and he so rarely gets his moments right where it doesn't get taken away from him and like every single time he gets something good something bad ends up happening like with the whole when he thought he was going to judge the beauty pageant thing and then you know that, <laughs> that didn't end so well <laughs> yeah. so it never ends right this time he got it and Ugh. i i could not have asked for anything more i think it was completely perfect Wow. Yep. Nice. Well, guys, yes, this is another Hall of Famer. I cannot give this anything but five MVP awards. It is just from B. I was looking so forward to this because I remember that, although I felt, and uh, yeah, so, so much for not having much to talk about. We're at the hour and like 30 minute mark here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, right from the beginning, the premise, the way. Everyone dumps on Al and abandons him, and they have to come crawling back to him because now he's there to. And the way he just looks around, like Al, yeah, yep. and then he he acts like, <laughs> oh, they need help. I didn't notice, you know, like all that. Um, <laughs> like you mean it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you mean it? Like all of that. Everything was delivered. All the beats were proper. That ending is so unique and just different and 
strange and just compelling in so many ways and to see Ian Ziering's little thing there and it's great to have him there. Right. And, and it's just so different and so unique and for that, and I love that they went outside the box and they took a risk and did something that they, and then that, I gotta say something that's gonna like maybe bum people out, but for some reason every time I see that last shot when there's no jokes, it's just for real. And Al's holding his hat up and it freeze frames. Yep. I can't help but think that I'll never be able to watch that after Ed O'Neill passes without crying. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Because it's just, it's still Al Bundy, but there's no jokes here. And it's different. It's, it, it, reaches a different level beneath why we're watching compared to why we're really watching. Why we're right. watching is to laugh and have a good time. Why we're really watching at this point is because we love this guy. Right. So now you got to just get to that part without a, a laugh. Right. So now it's a combination of those two things. So whenever you see that again, you're not going to be in a laughing mood and you won't be able to look at him and just smile and remember the great guy that that Ed O'Neill is. We're we're just going to see we're just going to have that other level of emotion while we're looking at this. And that's it. I I I couldn't agree more to be honest with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like it it just encapsulates his character so well too. Like it's almost giving you permission to feel that way because the only other times that you get to feel that way about Al is when he's really sticking it to him when he's getting back at someone and he has those triumphant um, speeches. But like you said, when you really get down to the core of it, um, you know, you, you do feel pride for him and there's so many emotions that, that come with that scene and, and you could just feel it and, and they don't necessarily get to touch on that. Um, basically I've never seen it before. I've never seen it done like that. So I totally agree with what you just said for sure. And when that unfortunate, I mean, for, hopefully that doesn't happen for a long time, but when it does, um, I might be joining you in, uh, rewatching this episode for sure. I probably will just, yep. just because I feel this is that, although funny and hilarious, it's still that touching episode where you could actually, get to that place without being distracted by an audience laughter. Agreed. Yep. And I, I'm sure I'll post that picture that day that that happens. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the sad, I hope, you know, obviously I never want to post that. Right. Right. But, you know, in 20 years, I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen. I think he's like 70 something by now. So, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> so yeah, sorry. I know I don't want to end this on like a damper or anything, but, um, so yeah, Hall of Fame episode five five five. Like wow, what a great, great episode. Season five is doing great. We'll follow the son Al with Kelly, meet Sukasa, his casa, the unnatural, and you're gonna love the next episode and the one after that. Kelly bounces, and then aliens. Oh my god, there's just oh the aliens. What's coming, dude? Yes. We're in for like the greatest next three. We just, oh, it just doesn't end. Nice. Season I'm five pumped. is murdering it. So, guys, some good news and bad news. Good news is for our patrons of our show, you're going to get an exclusive 
Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead review next week, Wednesday. It's a big uh, sort of end of summer bash. You know, it's a summer movie. Uh, you know, school's out and Suelle and to get a job. You know, it's the movie starring Christina Applegate. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. We're going to review that next week, this Wednesday. It's a Patreon exclusive. Patrons are people who support the Married Children podcast. Go to patreon.com, Married Children Podcast, search it up, and you can have access to all of our exclusive content. Uh, if you're not a patron, there will be no show next week, guys, for the regular feed, because the summer schedule has just been way too hard on us, and that's an understatement. Like We're getting shows out days before they actually air. It's just too tough to have to put that out, produce that. Uh, you know, we give all of our patron-exclusive shows a full production. Um, it's too tough to do that and release a regular show at the same time at this point. Check out uh, an older show of ours or whatever next Wednesday, a favorite episode of yours. Relive that with us. But there will be no new show for the regular feed. But if you don't want to miss anything, go to Patreon. It's only like... $5 gives you exclusive access to everything, and it's not like a lifetime thing. You know, you could you could do that for a month or two, or whatever, you know? Check out what we have exclusively, and then that's it. You know, whatever. There are people who are kind enough to say, well, you guys do a lot. We'll give you five bucks every month. So, uh, it's up to you. But, um, as for the week after next week, next episode, The Dance Show. Peggy meets a charming married man and his jealous husband shows up on the Bundy's doorstep. 